have no idea the amount of mental anguish and torture and and overall torment that has gone in to what is essentially just 60 minutes of entertainment for you people. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. This is the hardest this is the hardest thing we've ever done on this show. I we're not being sarcastic. It it has been difficult. Yeah. Pete and I have decided this week instead of doing like Typically, mm-hmm. we will be like, oh, yeah, so we watch this movie, and and you know. And you, you voted know, on it, and we're going to talk about uh, it. And this is what happens, but to <laughs> hell with that. Mm-hmm. This week, we my voice cracked a little bit. This week. I, I didn't want to say anything. This week, we are, uh, we are we're listing our top 10 favorite films, each of us. Um, yep. so it's not, it's not like a joint list. It's not no. like, these are the 10 films that Pete and I have fought together. <laughs> we could agree until, on. I don't know. I sound like Bane there. These are the top 10 films that we have fought together. Will it hurt to, to agree on the films? Come up with. No. Um, <laughs> these are the films we've ultimately come up with individually, mm-hmm. uh, that we both deem to be our top 10 favorite films. Now, and, the way we're going to do this yes. is we've each come up with 10. We ha- well, we yeah. have each um, ranked them, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just like, oh, my top 10 in no specific order. No, mm-hmm. no, no. S- yeah. Specific order. Yes. Uh, we're going to give those to you. And then uh, we were also each allowed five honorable mention movies. Yes. And so if Pete says one that's in his top 10 and was an honorable mention for me, I'll rudely interrupt him and be like, oh, no shit, man. That was one of my, <laughs> that was one of my honorable mentions. I grew up um, with that film, man. Yeah, man. And then <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. Um, so we'll go back and forth, you know, my 10, his 10, my nine, his nine. Sure. Um, and then we will, uh, we'll take a second, I think, to talk about why this made your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, we haven't really talked about who's going to go first. Well, and also we don't, like we legitimately have not shared anything about our lists with each other. So we're completely in the dark. I've got some guesses. Sure. I'm sure Pete's got some guesses about what's going to show up on mine. Oh, big time. Um, But ultimately we're fairly in the dark. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Um, obviously- Traditionally, we have trivia to start off the show. It is so, like, this was such a non-subject, like, it's not like one specific film and not knowing your list and there's no real clear way to go for trivia. So I've got two random questions. They're tied to things we might talk about eventually. So I'm going to do them just so that we can have some trivia and then we'll break into our lists. I like that. I wasn't expecting trivia. I was thinking, you know, there's... And it's it's where do you go with the trivia, right? Because you got to pick something. So it's very specific. The theme is 1993 in film. Okay. okay. 1993. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you love 90s films. Oh, baby. So why 1993? Well, like, it'll become clear eventually. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I want you to tell me what the highest grossing film was in 1993. And I'll give you four options. 
I don't. Um, maybe I don't want options. No. Oh, okay. You can try without no, if you want. No. I d- I do want options. Okay. <laughs> the first option is Sleepless in Seattle. Okay, I haven't seen that. Okay. The second option, Schindler's List. Okay. The third option. Oh, go ahead. Which so both of these so far both of these are big movies. Sure. Um, I would I. I would probably gravitate towards saying that Schindler's List was has become more popular over the years. Mm, okay, okay. Potentially, yeah. You could one could make an argument. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's. that's uh, yeah. <laughs> the third option, Jurassic Park, and the fourth okay. option, number numero four, The Lion King. Ooh, I don't think it's the Lion King. Okay, which is interesting because the new Lion King right. cleaned house. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it shook hands and took names. Oh yeah. Oh, um, big time. It's got. It's all like I'm not even. I'm not even going to put any thought into this. It's got to be Jurassic Park. Sure. And I'm going to say Jurassic Park so confidently. Uh, I mean, out of the four you gave me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think Jurassic Park by a landslide. Right. Took this. Okay. Um, yeah, so you're correct. It was uh, Jurassic Park. I muddied the waters a bit. Lion King is actually from 1994, so good for not picking it. Uh, I was going to say, I, <laughs> that was my thought, but yeah. then I wasn't yeah. confident enough to... Yeah, yeah I when, wasn't confident enough to not... Right. You know. Yeah. So, and you're correct. Jurassic Park grossed over 900 million. Schindler's List got about a third of that, just over 300. And Sleepless in Seattle just had about two over 200 million. So, Jurassic so, Park really cleaned by house. By a landslide. Oh, yeah. Okay. One more question, also related to 1993 in film. What film in 1993 won an Oscar for Best Picture? Ooh, the best picture. Okay. And I'll give you options again. All right. Forrest Gump. Okay. Schindler's List. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Okay. And Philadelphia. 1993 again. Yes. Uh, And what were the options? Forrest Gump. Schindler's Schindler's List. Pulp Fiction. And Philadelphia. Hmm. I have no idea. Um, okay. I'll say... I'll say Pulp Fiction. Okay. So I again muddied the waters a bit. Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction were actually from 1994. So Forrest you Gump bastard. So Forrest Gump did win an Oscar but not in 1993. So 1993 was actually Schindler's List. And the reason I want to talk about this is Zach Dykstra, friend of the show, we still need to get him on just hasn't hasn't worked out quite yet. We've had a discussion about this. 1993 for Steven Spielberg was bananas. He had the highest grossing film of Jurassic Park. And he won an Oscar for best film in Schindler's List. 
Like 19- I'm not sure I even knew that Schindler's List was Spielberg. I mean, I guess I knew that. Right. I guess, of course, it is. It's not the first film that people think about with um, Steven Spielberg. It's it's just not. No. It's not. No. But when you just like just when you just break that down, like those mammoth films just on their own in one year would be insane. But to have them in the same year, the most lucrative film and the an Oscar, like the best picture in the same year, just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Weird. That is trivia. So how do we proceed? Uh, well, I mean, I think like ultimately we just need to figure out who's going to <laughs> go first. Sure. Um, Flip you know, a coin. I, it's I can go first. You can go first. I guess it's who's I'll less nervous. No, okay. I'll go first. Okay, I'll right. go first. Sure. Um. So mm-hmm. my number ten slot. Right. And just to be clear, we're going bottom to top. Bottom to top. Bottom to top. Okay. I need to pull up my list here just to make hey, sure you got, that you gotta get I it right. don't. And just, just to let the viewers in on this, like we've, these lists. Agonized. It's been, it, and for me personally, it's it, it's been difficult for us both. How I feel about this is even like just before this, when people ask, what's your favorite film or what do you think the best film of all time is? I've even found that question just too difficult to ask. And I usually just break it down by genre. Like, what's my favorite drama? What's my favorite oh, action I, film? Like, I, 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 Relentlessly, I struggle to answer that. Yeah, like I, I usually have to just break it down to a genre and then it's a bit more apples and oranges. Um, so I, but, I mean, I think that was the hardest part of this list. Yeah. Was that ultimately there had to be a number one slot. Yeah. Well, and just there's so many films, not even in the honorable mentions, that are just great films that just because of a numbers game, they don't make it there. Like these are the 10 films you'd take to a desert island. Oh, there's films. There's films I had to leave out that I feel ashamed. Right. For leaving out. Exactly. Hands down. I'm yes. It is. This is why we're not joking. This has been so hands up and down. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so number ten. Ooh, okay, are you ready? I'm. I'm like. I'm stressed. Ooh, I am stressed. Okay, so number ten. Okay. Toy Story. Interesting. The first Toy Story. I was for a oh. while. For a while, sure. I thought I was going to go with Toy Story three. Okay. Oh. Because it's yes. the most. Emo- it's the one that I can't get through the first five minutes without crying. Sure. Okay. Um, super emotional. <clears throat> oh yeah, but <clears throat> there was just something very <clears throat> like all of the Toy Stories that came, like Toy Story two and Toy Story three, because Toy Story four doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> they just built off of Toy Story of, sure. of the first. Yep, you know you've got the conflict between Buzz and Woody. Mm-hmm. The growth of Woody, yes, yep. in realizing that y- you know being a toy in Andy's room is not necessarily a penis measuring contest, <laughs> right? And it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to you know that Andy's excited about another toy. Yes, right. You've there got the growth be, and yep. yeah, you've got the growth and buzz when he realizes that he's not a space cadet from Star Command. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. the evil Emperor Zerg is not, you know, right? He's not. He's not sworn to protect the Galactic Alliance. 
uh, and there's just yeah, there's just so much growth, and there, it's such a wonderful story. I don't know. It's it's yeah. and and impressive yeah. from the standpoint that it's the first. Like I I never watch it without thinking, man, this is the first fully 3d like computer animated mm-hmm. film yes yes uh visually mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up visually it's not good like if you watch sure. toy story 3 and then you go back and you watch toy story 1 okay yeah. you're like oh whoa like we've come a long way of course which is fine yeah which is fine things change but it's still i don't know to me it's just it it screams 90s to me it's mm-hmm. so i it's worth saying a lot of the films on my list, okay. nostalgia plays a, a big role. Huge right. Role. And just as uh, a side note, because I'm in the same boat, like this wasn't a, what are the 10 most influential films of all time? Like what are the 10 best films? Like this isn't a theoretical intellectual uh, argument. Right. Like, if I can only take 10 with me. Yes, exactly. To like, Mars. What, what, which what 10 do, are coming. <laughs> which, you know, what do you, what films do you, re, like rewatchability comes into it enjoyment comes into it nostalgia comes into it so i think that's a very valid point saying that nostalgia comes into it with toy story with you oh for sure mm-hmm. for sure and 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 to me it's just so i think it's the funniest of the three because again potentially three. potentially <laughs> right like right. there's the yeah. moment my yeah. favorite moment in the first toy story sure. is where buzz they're trying to all of the toys in the room have taken a shining to buzz except for woody mm-hmm. and right uh they're all trying to fix buzz's ship mm, yep and buzz needs tape he needs right. tape right they're like taping it together and he's like you know, there's just a there's just a the perfect line to me is he's like, I need more bonding strip, <laughs> right? Because he's so like just un un uh, he's so detached from reality. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't had his wake up moment that he's not not, not yet. He's no. not a space cadet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So my number ten slot, my number ten <sighs> favorite film. Of all time. Sure. Is Toy Story. Oh, my Lord. The first Toy Story. Yeah. Okay, so my number 10. Just exhale. Take a... Yeah. Take a deep breath. Relax for a (sighs) moment. I can't. I just can't. What's your number 10 film? So, two things. One, um, we will be hearing of Toy Story again in this podcast. Nice. Um, But when we get there, we get there. Yeah. If... If you say Toy Story 4, if Toy Story 4 <laughs> is on your list, I'm breaking up with you, and it's you. It's not me. Oh, yeah. Toy Story 4 for life, baby. Uh, no. My number 10 is the 2006 Casino Royale. Ooh, interesting. 007. I, yeah. And I, it's a weird... Like, I don't want to tell you about it too much because... We're going to get there in our mini series, and there's a little plug for our 007 series, which is you it, should check out. Is it? But can you? I don't know if mini is a term. I guess it's not mini. Like it's literally belongs. 27 episodes. It's literally more than a third of <laughs> our. It's it's literally almost half of our entire podcast catalog 
up until this point. When you now now granted the episodes are shorter, but you're right. Yes. But not by much. Not by much, no. Not by much. There's yeah. still like half an hour, forty minutes. Yeah. But regardless, Casino Royale is on my list. Um and the reason it's on my list is I haven't watched it since we started our journey, so it's based off my knowledge of viewing it at that time. But it's just such, for me, a new perspective on 007, and it breaks from the franchise that I had seen at the time. Yeah. So it's it's typical, it's, you know, it's captivating, it's fun, which is more than I can say about some of the 1960s Bonds. But okay. ultimately, the reason that I love it, and I want to get into this with you when we watch this film, is ultimately it's just such a deeper story all around. With Bond, with some of the other characters, you get actual development, you get character progression, you have multiple layers, and it's and I'm not building up. Like it's not the notebook, don't get me wrong. Like don't you don't get ready for that much emotional breakdown and layering. But just compared to slapping women on the behind and saying hey it's time for the men to talk it's gone so far at least from what i remember and how i remember this film and for that just my enjoyment of this film and how it kind of breaks the mold it's my number 10 nice yeah yeah that's i can't fault you thank you mostly because i haven't seen it (laughs) but you will my son it could it could be total shit i mean and i don't know it could be it could right. break could break everything that you know. Okay, number nine. Whew. Isn't it it feels like I don't know. I, I when when you were about to tell me your number ten, I felt adrenaline. I felt like Oh yeah. I've know, been hormones I've been, were a pumping. Like I've been I've consulted different people just to get their input on their lists. Like, is my list stupid? I like, and my wife is getting annoying because I'll ask her the same questions several times. I'm like, "Is my list? Does it have enough of this decade on it, or does it not have enough of that decade on on it?" And she's like, "You've asked me six times, and my answer's the same." But so I'm like, she's not gonna listen. She won't listen to this episode at all because she knows your list seven times over. I, I think so. Like I've gone over with it so many times. So yeah, it's it. The adrenaline rush is real. It is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, number nine for me mm-hmm. is Beetlejuice. Interesting. Yeah. Which again uh, is one hundred percent just a film that I grew up with. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I love the tone of it. Okay. I think it's a it's a great cast mm-hmm. um, with Gina Davis. Oh wow. And uh, Alec Baldwin and <laughs> Winona wow. Ryder. Oh wow! And Catherine O'Hara. Seriously? And, oh yeah. And Michael Keaton. And, yeah. And uh, the guy that plays the principal in Ferris Bueller. I can never remember right. his name. Right. Sure. Um, but there's just so many great characters, uh, and actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just a great film. Hmm. Um, you know, it's it's spooky. Sure. Which I think I think is somewhat of a reoccurring pattern on my list. Okay. Interesting. Um, but I mean that's just, you know, that's just got to do with my tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, ultimately it landed uh it land and it's hilarious. It's so funny. 
Mm-hmm. It's so I'm, funny. I'm curious to see it. I, I've not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, it lands safely and soundly in my number nine spot. Interesting. So my number nine is another... Tell 19- me, boy. Tell me <laughs> about your number nine. <laughs> another, it's a 1990s film, and it's Pulp Fiction. Ooh. And just for the plain and simple reason, it's just... It, it For me, it has a, a cast similar to that you said Beetlejuice. It has this wide variety of cast that just add and just infuse energy into it. Same thing with Pulp Fiction. Just with me, Pulp Fiction, ultimately, it's just a fascinating set of individual stories. And they weave and interconnect with one another. And they're presented in just such a unique and captivating way. And I would say it's almost a flawless film for me. There's just because it is Tarantino, there's definitely one act that if it was removed, I would say it's flawless. Or maybe just if there was a few scenes removed that I just find uncomfortable, I would say it's completely flawless. But that aside, you know, if you just kind of fast forward or skip a couple scenes here and there, it is one of my favorite Tarantino and it's my number nine. Just the soundtrack and just, yeah, the story, basically the storytelling element does it for me. Well, and then. Ultimately, you just love how many f bombs <laughs> are dropped. Right? This isn't I, like, isn't it practically a record holder? That I don't know, but I I could like I wouldn't be surprised. Because there's a lot. There's quite a bit. Like there's Sam Jackson just flipping things oh, off. Oh well, yeah, he's like know, he doesn't know any other word. That's just another Thursday for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I just want to say. From here, for me, things really escalate. Okay. Just, just for me. In just, what way? Just like in what way? Like, I don't know. I can't describe it. Just the adrenaline is going. It's like now we're into like the inner core of top films. Like just sure. not not that it's like, hey, I, like a, I don't mean escalate and like craziness, just circle of trust. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your number eight? By number eight. Are you ready for this? I don't know. Because once I, I tell you, there's no going back. I, <laughs> tell okay, me number more. eight. Tell me. Number eight on my list sure. of my favorite films of all time. That you would take to Mars. Is Home Alone. Well, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And... and I don't know if you can say anything about Home Alone other than just like it's it's yeah it's perfect yeah Chris Columbus yes John Hughes yes uh John Williams yeah oh preach yes right Macaulay yeah. Culkin yes Joe Be- Pesci Catherine O'Hara Catherine O'Hara again John Candy who gets forgotten in this John Candy yeah yeah. Yeah. And it's just so it's just so good. Like it's yes. to me it's a Christmas staple. Oh. Um, oh, is it ever? Yeah. And, Absolutely. You know, it uh it succeeds as a Christmas film. Mhm. Mhm. It succeeds on its own as a comedy. Yep. Yep. Um and yeah, I I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't leave it off this list. Hey, uh, you know, 
I didn't have any holiday direct films on my top 10 or my influence, you know, my just the ones that didn't make it. But it's it's as close to being in like I as soon as you said it, I said, oh, boy, that's one. And and I it's it's just weird because I don't know if I would if I was going to the desert island, I'm not sure if I would watch Home Alone as much as other films. But I guess I'd still want to celebrate Christmas. So maybe I'm not sure. It's hard to say. I mean, yeah. Like, is that a thing? Do you think, <laughs> would you regret getting to the, the right. island and right. being like, shit, I didn't bring a Christmas movie? Right. Oh, crap. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking I would. Like, yeah. if I didn't bring a Christmas film, I'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, no. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd just bring the novel of Home Alone. Maybe that would, that would get my fix. Mm, yeah, that's, that would be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> you do you, right? Oh, actually, I'll get the audio book read by John Williams. Ah, uh, yeah, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that or or an audio book read by? <laughs> I don't who? know who, who Macaulay Culkin, maybe? Uh, no, but he's kind of weird. He's weird. Yeah, no. Read by Joe Pesci. <laughs> That is something magical right there. Right. Like, because yeah. I saw online the other day that oh. um, all of the cast of uh, all the different Harry Potter films are doing like a oh an audio reading of the Harry Potter books. I don't know if it's all the Harry Potter books or just the first one. Sure. Uh, or what it is. But Daniel Radcliffe was kicking it off. And mm. I'm like, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything I want more in this world than to hear Daniel Radcliffe read me Harry Potter. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'd agree. Right? Yeah. Maybe ca- maybe with exception I would want Ewan McGregor to read me the novelizations of Star Wars. I would be so down for some Sir Ian McKellen uh reading some Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... He's got the voice for it. It's perfect. Oh, does he ever? Yeah. Hmm. I'll so give home... him a call. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen, okay? Home Alone, Brady, number eight. That was good. That's a good choice. Number eight. Yeah. This is a film I know you haven't seen for my number eight. It is a personal favorite, obviously. And it is obviously. known in some circles... It has several names, but the most common is Sleepless in Seattle. Oh. So just- Yeah, I haven't seen it. And again, you know, these films, we don't have to justify them. They're just personally, emotionally, what do we love as film? This film, to me, just immediately, I'm so attached to it. So many heart-wrenching moments. And I literally, I want to just read the opening line of this film to you. Okay. Just close your eyes. So I the... haven't opened them this whole time. <laughs> I forget what the light of day looks like. I have written my list on the back of my eyelids. <laughs> it's very painful. I'll be going to the hospital after this. Oh, shoot. So if we could move it along. <laughs> so the opening scene is just literally just a panoramic view, and you see Tom Hanks, and you see, you, you presume it's his son next to him, and there's just the horizon, and then the piano music just cues, and then just Tom Hart, Tom Hanks just starts talking and has a dialogue. He says, Mommy got sick. 
and, and it just happened like that. Nothing anybody could do. It isn't fair. There's no reason. But if we start asking why, we'll go crazy. And just immediately, it just, for me, just gets this jolt of emotions in me. And it is so heart-wrenching and has its heartwarming moments. But I think ultimately why I love it is just a step above just your run-of-the-mill romantic comedy is it just asks this question, can lightning strike twice? Can there be another true, true soulmate? And the way they communicate this story to the audience is through a 1990s young Tom Hanks and a young Meg Ryan, and it's, it's magic. And that's why it's number eight for me. Well, first of all, I always presume that whoever is standing beside Tom Hanks is his son. <laughs> always safe to have you do you know he has two sons? And yeah, the I one... saw the one who oh. did the COVID announcement. Yeah. Or the uh, like the updates. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was like, and I, I think the whole world was the whole world was like, whoa. <laughs> So for the audience who might not be aware, there's the one son who is an actor as well. He's in quite a few films and TV shows. And he's basically an underdeveloped clone of his father. (laughs) His name is Colin Hanks. He's like, just picture a Boy Scout leader. That's him. And then the other brother, his name is Chet. And just picture like a scumbag Steve and just polar opposite of father and brother. And Hey now, why scumbag (laughs) Steve? Because of the tattoos? I don't know. I saw a meme about it talking about I have chat. tattoos. I I'm not that. saying tattoos. I'm just saying. I think of the two, the most level-headed oh. looking one is Chet. Chet. <laughs> He's the one that looks like he knows how to have a good time. Yeah, I guess. Right? For He's, the not rec- up to- He's not for, pretending to be Captain America. For, for the record, I'm not saying that people who have tattoos are bad people. That's not what I'm saying. Right. People without tattoos are Absolutely. They're the real villains here. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if you could, like, obviously this is data that we can't get our hands on. But I would I would wager a bet. There are more people without tattoos who are assholes than people with tattoos who are assholes. I think people with tattoos are gen- generally easier going people. I feel... That is just impossible to substantiate and it's... No, nope. no, nope. substantiated. It just, I, I can't even... No, it's a thing. Okay. And you can take that to the bank. I I agree to disagree. All right. Uh, what's, number what's seven. Your, number seven. God, we're just trucking. Yeah. We're just trucking here. And there's been no <sighs> overlap so far, which is something we, that we knew that we've going kind in. of predicted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are as unlikely a bunch to host a movie podcast with each other. (laughs) Right. It is not. That's not. That's true. Right. I like peanut butter and jam and you like knocking off corner stores. I like. Oh, hey. Yeah. Gin and you like. Juice. Huffing gasoline. Like it's. it's That's not even true. No, it's not true. It's I've never for the record. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe you do. I I have never Mm. seen Pete. Huff gasoline, or no. even seen him talk about huffing gasoline. That is, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Yeah, don't do it. Don't uh, do it. My number seven is sure. Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. 
1992 Batman Returns. Right. Michael Keaton. Right. Michael Gow. Right. Michelle Pfeiffer. Danny okay. DeVito. Christopher oh, Walken. Sure. Christopher Walken, uh, really? Christopher Walken. Interesting. But uh, hmm. no, I to me it is. Um, again, it's creepy. It's dark. It's of all the Batman films, and I'm a big Batman guy. Oh, that's uh, the understatement of the year. Yep. I think that it is, to me, the most accurate depiction of Gotham. Of Gotham specifically? Yeah. And, okay. and and just of, like, they take some creative liberties. Of course. With some of the characters. Okay. Um, particularly the Penguin. They kind of do stuff with him that... Mm. You know, you maybe wouldn't have expected. Isn't isn't <laughs> okay. comic book accurate? Sure. Um, but still, for my money, it's it's my it's for my money. It's the best Batman movie. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so therefore cool. makes it into my top ten. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious to see it someday. Sunday. Sunday. Some Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess that means it's time for my number seven. It's, which, I'm not good at math, but I think so. Which means I should have filled out my list and done my homework. Probably. But my number seven is a film that I think a lot of people say is a great film, and others say it's overhyped and maybe a little overrated. But my number seven is. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and, I would agree. And the reason it's on here is obviously it accurately depicts horrors of, and in this case, war, but in this case, World War II. And it has a fascinating storyline and fascinating characters, but it's so much more than just the typical one-dimensional film about the war that's being depicted. And specifically with Saving Private Ryan, it just deals with this not just one actually, but it deals with various recurring philosophical themes, basically kind of around what value does an individual life have? And specifically, it kind of breaks down into more specifically, you know, what circumstances is one man's life more valuable than another? And just there's these recurring themes regarding that. And because it kind of delves into this more philosophical territory, I find that's what elevates this above other war films. And that's what elevates this into my top 10. Huh. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. I too think it's overrated. Okay. That's fair. I think it's I think it's good. I do think it's good. But I think for all of the reasons that you gave, sure. There's a film for me that does a better job. Oh, interesting. Um, but we'll get to that. I'm so I I think for my sake and the audience, you, you don't have to get into it, but you got a name drop. What what film? Uh, well, it's one of my honorable mentions. So oh, we'll, okay. We will get. Oh, we'll get there. I think I've got an idea. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, Paddington too. Um, <laughs> what do you think's number one on my list? I hope to God 
I'm I'm going to rage quit if Lost in Translation <laughs> shows up on your friggin' list. It's pad. What about Paddington too? I that then that's fine. Okay, all right. That's clearly a better film. <laughs> don't even don't at me. Uh, number six. Number six. My number six is Edward Scissorhands. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Uh. Again, creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yes. Not, uh, not overtly, like not over the top creepy. No, 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 no. But yes. Um, but I think it's such a, a, it's such an incredibly powerful message mm. about acceptance, about fearing what we don't understand, mm-hmm. about yep. the detriment of gossip, mm. about... um. Just about so many things, mm-hmm. you know, about relationship, and uh, yeah, yeah it, it basically just about um, prejudice overall. Like it, sure. it just about you know being unaccepting of others. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, and it and it wraps it all up in kind of a dark, twisted mm-hmm. bow. Tim, um, which is why uh, I think it's so good. I think it's a, such a masterpiece that that a, a dark, that twisted was, Tim Burton bow. Hmm. Hmm. Um. You know, which I, you know, this is the third movie on my list that he's directed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's he just does such a good job of taking such a powerful message and mm-hmm. presenting it in the most unlikely of packages. Yeah, you could say that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like how likely are you to ever suspect, like you weren't, when you watched it. Oh, yeah. You expected something much darker, much creepier, much just creepy for the sake of creepy. Yeah, definitely nothing that would transcend just a creepy film or have anything to kind of reflect reality or real life, pro- like real life issues, which this movie really does. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why it's on it, my list. It's yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah. That's I can see why that's on your list, and that's fair. Yeah. yeah. My number six. I don't care. No, I do care. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Is not lost on anyone. Oh my god. But uh, might be lost on some. But, Say it. All right. No, my number six is actually Toy Story, and it's Ooh, my number six. Overlap. 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 Alert. So interesting. I, That's not <laughs> one I would have. I didn't like. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. I. It wasn't originally on here, and with a lot of thought and deliberation, it made it on. And for most of the reasons that you said, for the exact same reasons it's on mine, just ultimately subjectively. This film holds such an important part of my childhood and holds a special place in my heart. Objectively, what an absolutely monumental achievement. Just talk about a real trailblazer, the birth of Pixar. And just from a story perspective, it hits on so many relatable human, not just toy, but human experiences. Buzz with his (laughs) existential crisis, the relationships of Woody and Buzz, Woody with Andy, just all these relationships and then the soundtrack is beyond beyond amazing oh it's yeah randy just, newman which when do you think like 
I heard someone break this down the other day, uh, coincidentally. And it's like, when you think about a top film soundtrack, like at the time, I'm not sure I would have been like, guys, let's get Randy Newman in here. We've got some magic to brew. And obviously that's what happened, but I'm not sure that would have been my first call, my first phone call. No. Yeah. But amazing film. It's my number six. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. What is your fifth film? Uh, this is man. Now we're getting into top like. Mm-hmm. Forget top ten favorite films. We're getting into our top five favorite films. And actually, can I add one more wrinkle that historically another thing that's made my top ten list easier is what I'll just say to people is. Lord of the Rings and Star Wars just doesn't count. Doesn't even count as one film. It's just the assumption is those films are so good, I don't even have to say that they're on my list. It's the top 10 films after those. But we made clear rules with each other. It's no, if you like any of those films, they have to be on this list or that's it. Like, And 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 you had to pick one. You couldn't just say no, Lord yes. of the Rings. You have to no. pick a Lord of the Rings exactly. film. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number five. Sure. Is Mary Poppins. Really? Oh, really? Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm picking it up. Okay. Yep. I'm... Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Again, and okay. again, like I just, I grew up with this, right? Dick Van yes. Dyke. Ed Wynn. Yep. Um, Julie Andrews. Oof. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, there's not a damn song in that movie that doesn't stick with you. Sure. And just yeah. a fantastical story. Um, yes. And a movie that was elevated for me by watching Saving Mr. Banks. Right. Right. Um, even though Saving Mr. Banks is takes a lot of creative liberties, a mm. lot of creative liberties with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. actual story. Sure. Um, still, it just, it, it, yeah. Mary Poppins, to me, um, it's just so iconic. Hmm. It's just so magic and wonderful and and takes me back to a time with Dick Van Dyke where in order to make it in film, you had to be a triple threat. Right. You right. had to act, dance, and sing. Yes. Yeah. Um and and yeah and and unfortunately we've strayed away from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mary Poppins is oh. is sweeps in at my number five. So what I want to say is, one I just on the note of Dick Van Dyke, I feel if there was ever someone that I just feel is a little underrated in Hollywood. And I wish there was more that he was in because he's been, he was so fantastic in what he was in. And he just is personally a favorite of certain films of mine. But I'm, I, I actually got, I have so much joy that Mary Poppins was your number five because are you ready for my number five? Um, the Sound of Music. Oh, there you go. Yes. The Julie Andrews connection. Yeah, yeah. Dick Van Dyke. He's not in that. Oh. <laughs> oh. But he could have been. He could have been. He could have been. He could have been, but he wasn't. He could have been chimney sweep number three. 
Um, so obviously, that's, that's that's how I describe every. You know, have you seen Schindler's List? Oh, that's the movie that that uh, Dick Van Dyke could have been in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, so Sound of Music just so effectively and emotionally draws the audience in, and it just deals with themes of childhood innocence, themes of love and romance, themes of portraying a way of life and society, specifically with Austria, which history will change, which the war will change, a time of life that's coming to a close. So there's kind of this over-looming melancholy. But obviously, one of the best Rodgers and Hammerstein soundtracks, which not only matches the storyline and adds to the story at every interval, but is just so dang fun to sing along with when you're just in the kitchen and throw on Spotify. Just this movie, for the emotional connection and nostalgia that it plays to actually the film itself had to be on my list. It's number five. Bravo, sir. Mm-hmm. Bravo. And of note, I, I saw this a lot as a kid. And as soon as kind of the Nazis played a more prominent role, my mom would stop it. So it wasn't until I was a bit older that I actually found out like the family runs away and flees in the mountains. And there was this thing called the World War Two. Whoa, really? I hate yeah. that. <laughs> well, what do you mean old yeller dies <laughs> yeah right uh, alright what is your number four number four for me mm-hmm. um, is a part of a franchise okay that I knew one of the films from this franchise had to make it onto my list okay okay Um, and the one I picked is not the one that I think everyone would suspect me to pick hmm. um, and is definitely not the best one in the trilogy okay but okay. I think is the one that I have the most fun with the when last, I'm watching The Last Jedi no <laughs> no okay sorry no no, no. Not, even, not even close <laughs> Uh, Back to the Future Part 2. Part 2? Part 2. And and it's not the best one. The first one's the best one. Okay, yeah, I agree. Um, But the second one has got, I think, more just mind-blowing Back to the Future-ness to it. Hmm. Um, You see a lot of the scenes that you saw from the first one, but from a different angle because there's the whole revisiting, you know, going back and trying to change things stuff. Yep. Um, And then ultimately for me, it comes down to the scene where Marty sees Doc's in the DeLorean and the DeLorean gets struck by lightning. Sure. And seconds later, the Western Union guy shows up and he's got a letter mm. that Doc wrote in 1989. Sure. Marty's currently in 1955 and yeah. this guy shows up and he's had the, he's had this letter in his possession for 70 years. Mm. And and he reads it and, and like and to me that's just it's one of those like spectacle time travel moments. Right. Where yeah. Doc could write this letter address it to Marty 70 years later, but we see it happen all instantly because mm-hmm. of, because right. of, because you need to think fourth dimensionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so he reads it 
and and he realizes what he's got to do and Marty goes to run away and and the Western Union Union guy says, "Kid, you need any help?" And Marty looks back at the guy and says, "There's only one man who can help me." And then it cuts to Doc on top of the clock tower who's mm. helping Marty from the first one get back to 1985 and it's just right. so mm. it's it's just bone-chillingly good. Cool. Um, cool. So not the best Back to the Future. Sure. But I think, um, you know, I think what I'm sitting and watching all three in one sitting, which is the sure. only way to watch them. Okay. Um, it, it is the, it's the most special one to me. That's cool. That's fair. Yeah. That's so cool. number four, Back to the Future Part 2. All right, so my number four is a 1993 film, and it's Schindler's List. Wow, and depressing. It's on here. It's well, it's very depressing, but it's it's not. Dep- it's depressing if you're just watching it for the sake of watching something horrible. It's truly a, a commemorative or a, a way to pay respect to a human story and a human tragedy, and kind of just paying remembrance, but. The reason it's on my list is there are many films that depict horrific or solemn tragedies. And this film does so in a way without coming across as a documentary. And therefore, like this is it successfully depicts events with an emotionally charged fashion or an emotionally charged way. And just the way it's is a film using different themes and cinematic elements. It's all in black and white with the various specific colored and infused moments. And there's just the incredible soundtrack and acting, all these things just infused together. And it's truly an accomplishment. And like I said before, the accomplishment is that it, it is a film that transcends film and it's a communication of a human story tragedy. And it's a way to pay remembrance and make sure that, these stories aren't forgotten and um yeah it's 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 my number four it's a very powerful film and uh it it ranks on here i find your wording interesting i've never i don't think i've ever watched a film just for the sake of watching something terrible Mm. um but if the mood ever struck I could rewatch Lost in Translation, and I think <laughs> I think that would do that justice. Uh, oh boy, got a okay. For Number those of three. you just tuning in, I think Lost in Translation is a piece of shit. But and and I think it's I haven't mentioned it yet on my top list, but I think it's a very valid film. It's a very interesting film. And I think it's a film with merit. I thought it would make your top 10. I don't think it's in your top three. So I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet. I'm pretty sure it's an honorable mention. (laughs) Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. Your number three. My number three is Walk the Line. Oh, I wondered if this would show up. Yeah. Uh, This is the movie that introduced me to uh and got me to fall in love with Johnny Cash. Mm, okay. Um and and not even so much Johnny Cash but just Walking Phoenix doing Johnny Cash. Mm. 
Um, but it's just a, I'm, I'm a sucker for a true story. Sure. Um, and <laughs> yeah, sucker, sucker for a true story. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's such a story of redemption and love oh, yeah. and, and music yeah. and, and I mm-hmm. love the fifties, right? Like oh, the time, sure. just, just everything, every, all the pieces that are necessary for me to love this film just mm-hmm. kind of lay themselves down. Sure. Yeah. Willingly for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and how can you go wrong with Joaquin Phoenix? The answer is you can't go wrong. Reese Witherspoon is fantastic mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, and 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 I just admire so much. I think where Bohemian Rhapsody fell short for me was that although Rami Malek's performance as Freddie Mercury was incredible. Sure. Uh, it wasn't really like it was. It was wasn't Rami singing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is Joaquin Phoenix singing. This is this is yep. Reese Witherspoon singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that blows me away. That yes. I think makes yes. it. It just sells it. Yep. For me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Number three of all time favorite <laughs> films. Walk wow. the line. You know, I see it, and I see where you're coming from, and I I would agree completely. It what elevates, I know it's not on a true story, but what elevates A Star Is Born and what elevates Walk the Line above other musically related films, is that yes, it is those actors that are actually singing, and uh, that just is a very distinct separation. Uh, something that's come to mind: if you're a sucker for films that are based on true events, I really just need to start saying lost in translation is based on a true story. I, I think that's, I've gone the wrong way about this. I think I have, I failed okay. you. Yeah. I, I would agree. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me down. <laughs> so watch it again, but just this time, remember it's based on a true story. Mm, I, is it? <laughs> it is just, don't question it. Number three for me is a personal favorite without, and that comes without saying, catch me if you can. And really, and obviously there's a, I've noticed a ongoing theme with my list here. It's very Spielberg heavy, very John Williams heavy and very Tom Hanks heavy and catch me if you can hits all three of those. Um, and obviously has Leonardo DiCaprio and, you know, what what puts it up here on f- for me is that it's a fun story, but it's just so vibrantly brought to life theatrically. And there's just the way the different methods of nuances of color, of themes, uh, the well-set cast, and just the ultimate story itself is just this euphoria of just complete, fart, like incredible scams and, and just things this gentleman did. But it's so grounded by relatable human experiences because at its core it's a it's a coming of age story then with a story of redemption and just what adds just icing on the cake to this is i would argue this is one of tom hanks best works and i would argue the same for leonardo dicaprio as well these these are two very very good pieces of work in their repertoire 
And I really that, don't understand how we have a movie <laughs> podcast together. Hey. We just have such different opinions. It's it's true. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's what that maybe that's part of our, you know, opposites attract or some bullshit. <laughs> some lie like that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That is number three. What is your number two? Number two, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. This is where ultimately we had to say these are our two favorite films, but this one is better than that one. Pretty much. That's tough. Gosh, did you struggle with these two? Or was your number one super clear? There was some flip-flopping. Okay. Mm. I like flip-flops. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I said, mm-hmm, like I like eating flip-flops, but I I just like flip-flops on my feet. Okay. Yeah. I That's, it's important for, for me to clarify. Argue like that. that. Yeah. Number two is a film you're familiar with. Okay. Sound of Music. Oh, baby. I there it is. Two. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's not deserving of number one, but I didn't get I, it number yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's, again, I'm a sucker for true stories. Sure. Um, And this is another one of those, there's been all kinds of creative liberties taken with the story. Very much so. Um, But it's still based on a, on a true story. Yep. The Von Trapp family singers, Maria Von Trapp, they were real people. They were a thing. Uh, Georg, Georg Von Trapp was a real, you know, officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so, again, it's, it's a story about love. It's a story about redemption. Mm-hmm. It's a story about um, family and yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a story about... It's it it at the end of the day, it's a story about love, oh, and yeah. how love conquers all, and how love is the most important thing. Yeah. Um. And how war is not in the spirits of that. Hmm. Hmm. So and and but it's just it's so again the music, and for the time it was made, and Julie Andrews is flawless, mm-hmm. and. And mm-hmm. it's just so friggin' good. It's it's literally it's so magic. Good. It's magic. There's, there's only one moment in the movie that just I I'm kind of always wait for it to end. Sure, which I'm curious which part that is. I don't like when the head nun or whatever you mm. I, I don't know my I don't know Catholic terminology. Sure, but the head nun sings the song "Climb Every Mountain," and I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like three minutes of the film where I'm like, ah, okay. That is that it, you know it serves as a good snack or pee break, and uh, yeah, yeah, or both, or both, <laughs> or both. If or you like both. to snack on peas, like yes, snap peas, sugar snap peas, wasabi peas. Mm. Mm, yes, yes, please. Yeah. What's your number two, good sir? My, my number two is a film. That um, is from a trilogy. 
Mm, and it's interesting. F- I thought this was going to be your number one. Yeah, I think I know the trilogy, and I think I know w- which one of the trilogy it is. So yeah, but I thought it'd be your number one. Yeah, it is the Force Awakens, and I think it's deserving to be here. And yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My number two is the first Lord of the Rings, the, the Fellowship first Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, I yeah. know to lunch. Ooh, ooh, which I think. Ooh, okay. This makes your number one very fascinating to me, and okay. and the decision you chose to take here. But okay, yeah, yeah. So my number, my decision for Fellowship of the Ring is it might actually be my favorite of the trilogy. I, I flip flop between uh, different you know options with the trilogy, but just there's not much to say. It's so good. Just fantastic creation of a film based on a book. And it's honestly so timeless. It is aged impeccably well, just from the on-screen story to the production, the visual, the visuals, the soundtrack, the acting, everything about it was so perfect. It is, it is, there's a reason that when I used to just say, Lord of the Rings aside, these are my favorite films. It's because Lord of the Rings is so fantastic, and I think it's spearheaded by Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring was one mm-hmm. of the films that just got bumped out of my honorable mentions. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. But when I when I first initially came up with just a list of 15 and then tried to arrange them into some sort of sensible list, sure. um, Fellowship of the Ring was on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it comes down to one moment. Okay. Uh, at the very end of the film. Mm. Uh, when Sam almost drowns because he's sure. an idiot and can't swim. <laughs> yeah, that is annoying. Uh, and he gets in the boat and he's crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he looks to Frodo and he says, Gandalf said to me, mm-hmm. don't you leave him, Samwise. Yeah. And I don't mean to, sir. I don't mm-hmm. mean to. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's just like the Lord of the Rings at the end of the day mm-hmm. is a story about the loyalty of Sam. Oh, yeah. Sam Big is time. the hero of the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Sam is the only reason why mm-hmm. we succeed. Yeah. Yes. He is. He is... The hero. He's he's not the main character, mm-hmm. but he is the hero of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how far I you know as children or as a child, I really lean towards the later Lord of the Rings films as my favorite. And as I've aged, I've reverted more to the beginning, for just they're they're less focused on action and they're they're kind of planting the underlying story. And one of the most important storylines going through this film series is the one you just mentioned. And that that's seated in the fellowship for sure. Plus you get Boromir. Yes. And and what you don't get is a whiny, complainy Frodo. It's true. He's not quite there yet. He's he not quite there he yet. Isn't, you know. But yeah. and I think the Fellowship of the Ring for me is just it's the most diverse. You get the most change of scenery. Right, yeah. Right? The color do. palette of Twin Towers is basically the same. Yep. 
which yep. is like sort of an orange, uh, a brown tan, <laughs> whether it's the plains or it's wherever, mm, right? Like it's all sure. kind of the same. You get a little bit of diversity in Return of the King. Sure. Um, but in Fellowship of the Ring, you go from the Shire to Moria to uh, Lothlorien. Mm, yes. Yes. Rivendell. And then before that, you're in Rivendell. Right. That's true. Um, and there's just so much. It's just, a, it's a more colorful, it's a greener, it's a happier. You know, times aren't so, things aren't so bleak mm, for us yep. in the fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you that know. is, that's very real. Pippin hasn't had to grow up yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. What is your number one? I am God. very, very curious. No, you're not. You know what it is. No, I, I actually don't. Because <laughs> I think there's so, a few different ways you could take it. I'm not even being silly here. So I've hummed and, I hummed and hummed a lot. Sure. And then I hawed and hummed. <laughs> and then I did both of those things a couple more times each. <laughs> and this may change someday. All right. Yeah. Uh, and what was really interesting about this for me is that it meant that Star Wars didn't make my top 10. Hmm. Wow. Right? Okay. Yeah. But I think my favorite film. Oof. A film that I always go into it knowing I like it. As you should if it's your top film. Uh, right. I go into it knowing it's a great movie. Okay. And even going into it with high expectations, every mm-hmm. time I watch this film, it surprises me. Okay. Every time I watch it, I like it more than I thought I was going to, even though I knew I loved it. Hmm. It it it. I go into it with the highest possible expectations, okay. and it it continues to exceed my impossibly high expectations. Hmm. Right. I'm okay. Continue. My number one film is Titanic. Oh sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it's a it is a masterpiece. Yep. It's 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 a, a cinematic. It's a filmmaking marvel. Sure. Uh, it's an incredibly written story. Again, mm-hmm. sucker for for movies about real things. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I would say it's in the same category as Schindler's List in that it's depicting something of a human story, and the, you know the remembrance is is key. Right. Um, and it's it's ultimately fueled a lifelong passion for the history of the actual event and, mm. and, and for filmmaking in general. For it's you the personally. Reason I love filmmaking. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So, uh, Titanic is, is, <sighs> you know, I'll never forget. I'll never forget seeing it in 3d in the theater, you know, re right. seeing it in 3d in the theater. Right. And, okay. um, and yeah, it's, it's just, there's there's not a there's not a thing about the movie I would change. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's a very good film. It is. Thank you. I agree. Whew. What's yeah. your number 1? What is your what is Pete uh, Patrick Seamus Elizabeth O'Toole Nigel <laughs> Peters the 2nd? 
<laughs> Peter Peters. Number so two. I, what is I your also, favorite film of all time? I also did something a little... Uh, it was difficult because as a result of the my number one, I couldn't have Paddington 2 be up there. I couldn't have Lost in Translation be up there. But more more seriously, I couldn't have a Star Wars at the top. I genuinely just smiled. When I when I realized that, that Lost in Translation wasn't in your top ten, I actually smiled. Like not even not even like a conscious like I just my face muscles rejoiced. Uh, just to be clear, just for the audience, I don't think Lost in Translation is the best film of all time. I just think it it deserves the film that it's on and it's worth a view. That's all I'm gonna say. Yes. Well, you know. <laughs> I okay. lost in trans. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I I let me set the record straight. Okay, I've come down on lost in translations a lot. And, a and lot. I, I Very, think yeah. I have maybe implied that I think that it's a useless film. <laughs> Heavily implied, and that's not true. I think okay. Okay. that in a time where. Un- unexplainably, there seems to be a shortage and a real need for toilet paper. Oh, here, if you're, if here you're, I thought you were going to say, you know, a little bit of meeting in the middle. I'm No, and I am. I think I am. I think no, that, that I don't if think you're so. looking for something to wipe your ass with. No. Lost no. in translation. You know, or the slip cover, or I really, I really thought we were going to have some redemption here, some some meeting in the middle. But the the no, it's a terrible, it's a terrible film. All right, I'll tell you what's not a terrible film. It's my number one pick, and I'm doubling up on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I'm going Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Whoa, that's not what I thought. Yeah. Wow, I thought yep. for sure Return of the King was going to be your number one. No. My number one pick is Two Towers for all the different reasons uh, that we said with Fellowship that apply to this, so I don't need to repeat them. And just on its own, it's so incredible. But something that stands out to it that made me put it ahead of Fellowship is, um, and obviously it's based on a book, so it's not you can't compare it with other trilogies, but for me, being the second film of a trilogy, this isn't a dead duck filler leading up to the finale film. This this honestly sets the bars for middle films. And there's, you know, typically there's, there can be some... Back to the Future 2 is also an exception. But there are some trilogies where the first film is fantastic. 2 is just setting up storylines to lead to the third film. But really, a lot of it could have just been amalgamated into one and three. Number two is just so good on its own. But as a middle film, you just remember this is a middle film. And at no point does it feel like a middle film. It doesn't feel like we're just burning time till the events of the third. It's just a continuation of the storyline. And it's it's a personal favorite of mine. And you can't just go wrong with that that opening scene with the Balrog and with Gandalf. That is the first scene I ever saw of Lord of the Rings, and it just drew me in, and it captivated me, and that's honestly what seeded the lifelong love of this series and this book series and this film series for me. And intellectually, emotionally, it has a place in my heart at number one. You watched The Two Towers first? I had no idea 
about anything Lord of the Rings going into the Two Towers. I went as a social event for friends. I don't think it was his birthday, but it was some kind of social thing. And his parents dropped us off at the theaters. We saw Two Towers and it blew my mind. And I'm like, holy crap, I need to see the first one. And then I just was hooked. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I... And so that's very, yeah, that's very interesting to me. My my in to that was uh, in grade three, I'd read The Hobbit. Oh, cool. And so I knew the world. Yes. Uh, in the year 2000 was my yeah. introduction to it. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. Cool. That's cool. Uh, let's talk about honorable mentions. And now, how, like, are we going to set a cap? Because I've got about, like... A few. Yeah, you can only have five. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. You can only have five. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to list all five yep. of mine. Yep. Um, My honorable mentions were... Sure. Hacksaw Ridge. Yes, and and that's the one you were going to say, like, was, in your is, opinion, it, you like more than Saving it does, Private Ryan. does better than Saving Private Ryan at all okay. of the things that you've mentioned. Sure, sure. Uh, Return of the King. That also was my first honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I I think it's it, it's still my favorite Star Wars movie. It's it's such a nostalgic. Oh, Did you say Return of the Jedi or Return of the King? Return of the Jedi. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. That is not on my list. I think I said Return of the Jedi. I may have said Return of the King, but I meant to say Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I, I that is not on my list then. Sorry. Oh, weird. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. Very nostalgic mm-hmm. and hilarious mm-hmm. and whatever else. For sure. Uh, Castaway. Mm. Okay. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And then my final one, and I think my favorite comedy of all time. Wow. Uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I yeah. had three that were honorable mentions and then got bumped. <laughs> okay. As honorable mentions, and I won't. Oh. I'm not. I, I. I. don't need to list them because sure. I. You know. I said. Mm-hmm. You. I you said, did cap it. I did like cap if you it. want to quickly list them, I can just add three more to mine too. I'm okay, okay. with that. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Okay. Yep. I love. It's so funny. I. It's mm-hmm. to me. It's just. It's just so well put together. Sure. Um, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. Okay. Yep. Right. Uh, and Twister. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So that's, there you go. There you go. There's my top 18. <sighs> okay. So I'll give my top eight spillover films. Lost in Translation, I will say, is not in them, but it is close. It is close. So eleven eleventh for me was Return of the King. Okay. Third, third Lord of the Rings. 12 for me was Oh, money. you ranked these? Yep. Oh, see, mine were in no particular order. Oh, okay. What I did was when I made my list of 10, like if I would add or remove films, like it's just like you're adding Things to the got list. Bumped. Exactly. So yeah. 11 was Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. 12 was Moneyball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? 13 was Whiplash. Just a super fascinating film. I can't say enough about how real and gritty it is. 
and it just spins narratives on musician musical prodigies up on its head. It just okay. it, it okay. Pla- it's trailblazer. You've said enough. No, you. I've said not enough, good sir. Fourteen is Great Gatsby. Fantastic book. The 2013, there's been like 16 different Great Gatsby's. The 2013 Great Great Gatsby with Leo DiCaprio, fantastic interpretation. Surprise. 15, 16 are a bit of a swap, so I'm just going to say them. They're not in any particular order. Jurassic Park, the the original. Mm. And Peter Jackson's, I'm not calling it a masterpiece because Lord of the Rings came first, so he had his masterpiece, but I'm calling uh, his King Kong film. Oh yeah, King Kong. Yeah. That I my first kiss was during that movie. Wow, King Kong. Yeah, which part? Like when King Kong was eating the dinosaur? No, it was the, it, the whole. It was like it was like a four and a half hour kiss. <laughs> but my the thing with King Kong, the second half drops off a little bit for me. It, the first half is gold dynamite. That's why it kind of moved this far down on the list. I think the thing with King Kong is who knew that that you could be that enthralled with the action and the the adventure and the fantasy, mm-hmm. the film that had Jack Black in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Adrian Brody, for God's sake. Yes. You know. Yeah. It's 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 this the characters that and the story and the mystery that build up to King Kong that really, really just sets it apart from anything that's been done for King Kong prior to that. Or since. Um, I literally don't know what you just said. but Or since. Kong, oh, Kong Skull Island. Or since. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. no. We won't talk about that. Um, number 17 for me, I've put the prestige on here. Yeah. See, I, I thought that was going to be higher up on your list. I did too. For some reason, just when I was making this list, this is where it landed. And, you know, with hundreds of films being viewed, there's nothing embarrassing about being 17th, but it's just not in the top 10. And the 18th, I think, this is where it kind of gets muddy waters, but I believe it's Back to the Future Volume 1. Wow. I am tickled. That a film that I introduced you to made your top 20 favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. And That's so th- cool. Now, the thing I want to go on record is all most, like I'd say the top 10 is pretty definitive. Close to the top 10 is pretty definitive. Down here, it gets a little muddy. I think 18th is Back to the Future Volume 1. Right. Could it, have been 18th, could have been number one. Hard <laughs> to say. I, I will have you... Oh, I don't. E- you don't even want to know what is after Back to the Future Volume One. You don't. Oh, you don't, I think I know what it is. You don't want to know. No, we'll just <laughs> pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Um. Wow, that was fun. Hmm. What'd you watch this week? I watched a film called uh, "What's Eating Gilbert Grape." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, actually, coincidentally, it's from 1993. Yep. 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 Um. Yeah, you know, it, it's it had taken me a long time to watch this film. I'm, I've been aware it's a thing, and I've been aware it's been famous. It was so fun watching a 19-year-old Leo and a th- nearly 30-year-old Johnny Depp. Uh, very interesting film. I can see why people talk about it so much. I would Leo's say it's not... performance, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, and doesn't it kind of... Uh, do you get what I'm saying? It, it gives you 
the vibes with him drunk or, or like drugged up when he's trying to get into the the Lamborghini, the Lamborghini. and Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it's it's just a, an example of an actor honing in on their craft and transporting their usual kind of how they act to become someone else. Yeah. He went, but he went, and he went directly, like he went from that movie to doing Titanic. No, he... Not, dir- th- no, sorry, not directly, but he, right. like, you know, like within th- within three years, he's working on yes. Titanic. That that is correct. Yeah, he was you know. in he was in the forgotten, which shouldn't be forgotten, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I believe that came between. I think that was before Titanic. I, I think, think it's ninety four five. Yeah, I think somewhere around there. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's hard to think. In a few short years, he got his kind of real. I think Titanic would be considered his breakout role. Um, oh yeah. yeah, what's what's eating Gilbert Grace? Grape, pardon me. Not my favorite work for either of those actors, but no. definitely worth a view. I gave it a 7.2 on my scale, so that falls into the highest category. I would pay money to see it in theaters. And on Marshall's scale, I gave it a 7 out of 10 or a good minus. So I, I tentatively... Ooh, I, I this tentative, is the first time Marshall's, Marshall's scale has, lower. has come lower. Yeah. On his scale, that translates to I tentatively recommend it to someone. I didn't understand. Marshall, Marshall put a thing in the comments about yes. like this is my sk- and I mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was drunk or he was drunk I couldn't make any <laughs> sense of it so maybe I'll get you to explain it to me yeah I've done a point. bad job I've I've not explained it but uh but, yeah but was... even no but even him he's like here's a breakdown of how my scale works and I'm like oh, you could have written that in Arabic and I would have been just as <laughs> I don't just I guess maybe I guess because I understand it I didn't find that find it confusing but maybe Maybe it could be. Yeah, maybe um, I also didn't, you know. I just kind of looked. I I think I was looking at it, hoping it was like really simple to understand. Right. And I didn't put a right. lot of brain. So as soon as it wasn't just like, oh, oh okay, of course. Then I just sure. Gave. Right. Um, the only other film I watched this week is my recommendation to you, and it's a film. I, you know, I take great joy every week because some weeks you you suggest films I've never seen before, and awesome. I'll point- watch the movie Joy. <laughs> The, the whole point of recommending movies to each other is broadening our, our horizons. So I do hope yes. you haven't seen this film. Okay. If so I film... have, I promise you I will still watch it. Oh, of course. The film I'm going to recommend to you has an interesting cast. There's, it's, I've seen the film before and I rewatched it and I forgot who was in this film. There, There's a few subtle actors that I just forgot were in it. It's a film with Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander. It's a film with Margot Robbie, Ooh. and it's a film with Rachel McAdams Apple. <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen this, whatever it is. Okay. It's a 2013 film called About Time. Uh, Margot Robbie's in that? Yeah, she, she is, is in that. I have mm. seen it with the time travel. Yes. Yeah. But I well, saw it. I, I so I saw it for the first time like two years ago, okay. Uh, and would definitely rewatch it. Cause, cool. Um, what's his name? Bill. Uh, Nye. Nye. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say Bill Nye, and I'm like, nah, that's the wrong guy. <laughs> um, Bill Nye is in it. And I really I wish, like him. I, I really wish like Bill. Him. 
Yeah, uh, Bill Nighy is, I don't know a lot of him, but he's in Love Actually and he's dynamite in that film and he's, yeah, in he's the dynamite film, in this film. He's in the film that I'm recommending to you this week. So No way. Are you yeah, serious? Dead, ser- dead serious. This is, this is creepy. I Both our five choices were Julia Andrews films and both our recommendations have an overlap as well. This Do is you know spooky. what? I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, all good things come to an end. And so I was trying to figure out, like, when when does the movie men end? When does the show mm. end? I don't know. Uh, I don't and know. my thought, I had a thought. Mm. Okay. Maybe the, maybe the show ends on the week where our recommendation <laughs> to each other is the same film. That's actually pretty dope. Because that is... then, then there's, like, a space-time continuum yeah. paradox That's... and... That'd if we continue, pretty, the universe unravels. That'd be pretty baller, actually. I'm not gonna lie. I think that's the. Pl- I think I want that to be the. Pl- I think once that happens, I mean that's yeah. the plan. Because once yeah. that happens, I'm gonna refuse to do the show. Yeah, I mean, I, like we'll do it and we'll watch. We'll watch it, and I think <laughs> I think the the following the final episode will just be, uh, what we, yeah, what we thought of that, that film. film. Although it won't even matter because we'll both have already watched it. <laughs> so there won't even be no it'll just end it, the whole show will just implode and it will end <laughs> on that day yeah no that, that i think that'd be pretty cool march 32nd 2023 2023 baby yeah. yeah uh what did you watch this week uh i watched a little film that you recommended for me and the only right. thing that i'm going to say about it right is adam driver is <laughs> a, a world-class actor he is he is he is so much more than kylo ren yes which and which we love which we love yeah which which he's great as kylo ren yes except for when he he's like shirtless for no reason but um <laughs> it is a little weird no i i think he's a world-class actor he is and yeah. uh this is can i say mm, this is mm. the first time okay tell tell the people pete what did you recommend to me uh, the man who killed Don Quixote. Yeah, this is the first time in not ever, but this is the first I, time. I, I'm in, so, in where are you going w- with this? I'm so it's curious. It's the first time in a while okay. that I've thoroughly enjoyed a film that you've recommended to me. Really? That I like that I was just completely enthralled with it. I am so beyond surprised. So much so that I think the last time I thoroughly enjoyed a film that you recommended to me, mm-hmm. like, I'm the most happy with this that I've been since Nightcrawler. Interesting. Fair and enough. that was like mm-hmm. back in August. Those That was in the infancy of this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was just a wee little <laughs> calf sucking on the teat of its mama podcast so it's so funny i watched this film with a group and two-thirds of us <laughs> oh that is funny two-thirds uh, of us <laughs> that's not the punchline oh there's don't. more okay yeah. sorry. Sorry. two-thirds of us just appreciated it for its surface value but we were like okay that's fine I, it is what it is and the third person just was at a weird crossroads. And I I was talking to him today about top 10 films just because I was trying to brainstorm and just kind of work on my list with them. And he, the film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, 
didn't make his top 10, but it made the overflow at about 18 or 19. And he, I, I thought he was the only perfect specimen to like a film like that because he specifically liked worked from were other works from that director. And he specifically liked the novel that the whole premise is kind of based on Don Quixote. So I, I really thought it was just a specific breed of human being that only could appreciate that film. And I'm, I'm happy that you enjoyed it is my point. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. I, I, and you know, I think so much of it, like I was just in the right mood, I think. Which is what happens with film, right? If you don't watch something with the right setting, it can be all wrong. Yeah. Entirely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 100%. cool. I, I'm glad you... What would you give it out of 10? I'm curious. Uh, I'd give it a 7.8. Solid. what I have written down here. Now, to be clear, to be clear, I just want to save some street cred because I don't want to, I don't want it to come across as a slight. It's the last one that you've thoroughly enjoyed since Nightcrawler. But it, but you have given films I've recommended you decent ratings. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Maybe even higher ratings than that. Oh for sure. Yep. Yep. Meaning they were better films. I just didn't enjoy them as much. Yeah. No. 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 I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know what? I'm so happy because I I really wasn't sure. It was it was a, a kind of forced necessity because it was the only one that I could offer to you, and I'm glad it was perfect. So that's great. What else? What else did you view this week? Uh, the only other film I viewed uh, was my recommendation for you. Okay. It is Bill Nighy in it. Mm, and Bill Nye. Uh, yeah, but just like he just does a voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a film I'm I'm giving you. It's a film I didn't expect to enjoy. Oh, really? Uh, well, no, I didn't think I wasn't going to enjoy it. I didn't think I would like it this much. I thought I would just be a, a throw on and, and whatever. True. And, and to say that I didn't think I would like it this much, I didn't love it. Okay. But I, but I was re I was thoroughly entertained when I watched it. Sure. Um, and so what I'm giving you this week is what I would identify as easy watching. Ooh. It doesn't require any intellectual analysis of the film it doesn't require you to thoroughly understand a story perfect it's 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 something where you can i don't have to think Woo! <laughs> Sad uh, me up. no it's it's something you can just you know in fact um i'm i'm issuing a condition to you watching this film okay i want you to not watch this film without a bowl of popcorn i want you to pop some popcorn okay and just, just sit down to be entertained. Okay. You don't need to take notes. You don't need to, you know, whatever. Just pop some popcorn. You know, maybe make a charcuterie board. Uncork an old brandy. <laughs> sure. You know, I'm... take off your slippers, switch what? feet, put them back what's, on. What's the film? What's the film? Uh, the film is Detective Pikachu. The the Pokemon oh, Detective Pikachu, sure, and, and it's just it's just fun. I think without Ryan Reynolds, I think the whole film would fall flat. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but him voicing Pikachu, there's just there's just so many little subtle moments where Ryan Reynolds throws in a Ryan Reynolds esque humored line. It's like a 
a PG, a super PG version of Deadpool. <laughs> right. Yeah. But as Pikachu. Cool. Um, and you know what? And, and Pokemon is not something like I played the game when it came out, the the Pokemon Go. For sure. Uh, I had a Game Boy as a kid, and the best game on Game Boy was Pokemon. Oh yeah. Um, and and I think I had a VHS of one of the. You remember when they would like release episodes of shows as a VHS? Like you could mm. buy one episode of a show on a VHS. Ugh, yeah. Um, I had like one or two episodes of Pokemon on a VHS. Cool. Um, and I think I, I think as a as a kid, and even kind of maybe now, I had Pokemon cards, but I didn't know how to play. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and I think, I think as a kid, and even kind of now, I wish I was more into it. Cool. Uh, cause it all really fascinates me. I think it's fun. And I know like the, you know, Squirtle and Bulbasaur and Charizard and, and, and Pikachu and mm-hmm. Squirtle. I don't know if I said Squirtle already, you did. but you did. yeah. And, and, and Zubat and mm. Psyduck and Snorlax and whatever. And some of those I know from Pokemon. Some of those I know from Super Smash Brothers, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's just fun. I, cool. I found not having a lot of knowledge about Pokemon or having very limited knowledge, I didn't feel like I was mm, confused. Sure. Um, and ultimately, yeah, ultimately it was just fun. Yeah. It's just a fun, fun little, fun little thing. Cool. Um, well, so I, Detective I, Pikachu. But yeah, like I said, yeah. sit down with a bowl of popcorn and I just will, set out to be entertained. I will enjoy it. I will be entertained. I won't try and get too much out of it. I won't try and overanalyze it. I will just enjoy the moment. That's what I like. That is all, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Treat treat this film like you treat your friendship with me. Don't try to get too much out of it. Yeah, no. Don't no, overanalyze no. it. You'll be disappointed. Right. Just, For sure. Just... Just try to enjoy it. <laughs> so that about wraps it up. I'm, I'm going to give some housekeeping. Uh, there's the links below to our social media pages. Is that is that grammatically accurate? Give some housekeeping? I'm going to perform some housekeeping. Tend to some housekeeping. I'm going to tend to. Uh, yeah. So like, follow, subscribe across our various platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are the main ones. Links are below. Please leave a uh, review if you feel so inclined. Also, if you feel so inclined, check out our Patreon page below. Uh, Patreon is a way for us to kind of cover some of our bills, both software, both with equipment, and it helps us grow and improve the show. And um, thank you to all our patrons out there. We really appreciate the support that you give us. And for everyone who's taken time out of their day to listen to this podcast, thank you for joining us. And remember... (laughs) If it's not your big toe, <laughs> take it out of your mouth. What do you? It's, that's gross. But kudos that's to gross. But kudos to the flexibility. If you can lift it that high, yes. Well, if mm. it's your own toe, that's fine. If it's your own oh, toe, yeah. suck away. Oh yeah, but if it's someone else's, that that's weird. If it is your own toe, then feel free to suckle from that sweet, sweet nectar. Yeah.